long promised and twice delayed, but never forgotten. Today, my review of Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. Warning, this episode contains graphic content on comics. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination, the strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. Sir, how's life? He seems nice. And we're back with episode three of season three of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason, and it has been far too long, my friends. Um, one of the things that you should know is that this is a strictly nonprofit enterprise. And by nonprofit, I don't mean like PBS, like nonprofit as in I do this in my free time. And uh, there's been some constraints on that recently. But here I am, and I appreciate your, your weight you, my loyal listeners, and um, I'm just glad to be back. On this episode, as I promised many, many times, I'm here about to, I'm here about, I'm here about to talk about them Dr. Star comics. Uh, actually, it, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, yeah, I do. I'm here to review Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows from Dark Horse Comics. It's the latest in Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer series of interconnected comics. It started with the two volumes that have been put out so far of uh, Black Hammer, which is a JLA-style group of superheroes who, through an unfortunate confluence of events, found themselves trapped on a farm. Now... (laughs) You're saying, why the hell is this interesting? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because Jeff Lemire wrote it, number one. Uh, if, you, if you are unfamiliar with Jeff Lemire, he is responsible for so many of the great comics of the last several years. Uh, he got started in indies with, with a book called Essex County, which is just wildly, wildly renowned. And if I remember correctly, Eisner Award winning of his look at simple Canadian life and not-so-simple Canadian life. He went on to to do a book for Vertigo called Sweet Tooth, and then several comics for both Marvel and DC, most recently at DC with The Terrifics, his accidental spin on the Fantastic Four featuring Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, The Element Man, uh, Plastic Man, and Phantom Girl, uh, a, a... pre-Legion of Superheroes Phantom Girl. That's another story for another day. But here, we're here to talk about uh, the latest in the Black Hammer line of comics that have come out. And if anything, they're a great examination, a a modern deconstruction of comics, not in the 
almost nihilistic way that you, that we've seen them be deconstructed in, let's say, Miller's Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, or Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' Watchmen. Um, in this superhero universe, there's appear, there appears to be, yes, the this almost fantastical element, like there should be this sense of wonder that befalls all of these characters that find themselves in the life of becoming a superhero. Yet, they're... The common thread in the Black Hammer universe, is, at least as, as my simple mind understands it, is that there is a cost to following this life. And it, in that respect, it's, it's very much like real life. You know, we, as humans, ordinary people, mild-mannered individuals, as the comics might say, we have the ability to do one of two things, it seems like. One, we can go for what we want out of life and, you know, become artists or actors or, you know, whatever it is that our calling is, uh, missionaries, architects, astronauts, you name it. We can do extraordinary things. Or what befalls most of us is, is that we find ourselves sacrificing, you know, our dreams for mundaneity how's that for a word, uh, so that we can survive. You know, not everybody can be an actor. Not everybody can be an astronaut. Not everybody can be Leonardo da Vinci or whatever it is that we dreamt of when we were children, and we settle. Um, these comics are, f are about people who have chosen not to settle, yet there's still a cost. And that's what I find so interesting about Dr. Star. Now, uh, just an interesting tidbit about how I happened on this series uh, that was coming out a few months ago. Uh, I read the first volume of Black Hammer, and I loved it. I, however, for one reason or another, probably because I have a mundane corporate life, <laughs> I fell off of what would have become the second volume. But um, as I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter, I see this really beautiful piece of art, and I've been really intrigued with what's been coming out of DC Rebirth, and I, I am such a huge fan of the Justice Society of America, as well as a comic by Starman, called Starman by DC Comics, that, was, that came out after the Zero Hour event in the mid-90s. I saw this image of this blonde individual wearing a trench coat and a, a blue jumpsuit and long shorts, with a glowing staff, and I thought, "Wow, there was no, there was no slug on it. There was no, there was no uh, uh, title, uh, uh, cover text, anything like that." And I think it was Max Fiamara, the artist for this series, who shared it. And I, and I, I think somebody shared it from his page. And I asked, "Is this going to be? Is this a reboot of Starman from the '90s?" Uh, or the JSA, which was a, a 1940s uh, a collection of superheroes. And uh, somebody responded, and, and, and again, it could have been Max Fiamara, it could have been Jeff Lemire, it could have been anybody. I, I just don't remember at this time. Um, but it was the, the response was, no, this is going to be a pseudo-sequel to um, some kind of sequel, I should say, to Black Hammer called Dr. Star in the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. And they gave me a pointer uh, to or a hyperlink pointer to a solicit for the series, and I fell in love with it. 
and um, gosh, I, I first of all, you know, there's just something fanciful about to me about scientists and astronauts. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a little kid, and I think that's and, and you know personalities like. Carl Sagan and Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse Tyson have always captured, managed to capture my my layman's imagination with their tales of supergiant stars and black holes and the the definite possibility that that given the size and, and expansion rate of the universe that there must be other intelligent life out there that you know to see a character that embodies that scientific adventure, you know, the, the, the cerebral adventure, uh, I became very much into. So this features uh, a character by the name of uh, uh, Dr. Jim Robinson, which uh, is an Easter egg in and of itself because James Robinson is a uh, quite prolific comic book writer, if you don't know already, and he is the one responsible for the Starman comic, which was simply amazing, and I believe Eisner award-winning in its time uh, in the 1990s, and was just a special, special kind of book featuring a legacy character uh, in search of understanding his legacy, who he was, and how he fit into the universe. Uh, I think there's something like five or six volumes of Omnibi that are out there, and if, if you want one hell of a read on a very personal tale of a superhero. Starman is a wonderful, wonderful comic. Now that out of the way, um, this is not Starman, although it, it bears some uh, similarities. Uh, like the original Starman of the 1940s, Ted Knight, uh, this takes place in the early, or I should say late 1930s, early 1940s. Uh, Jim Robinson is a, an inventor and an astronomer and uh, is um, in search of this uh, para-elemental um, uh, energy source that uh, would, you know, be a great boon to mankind in the pre-war era, uh, depressionary United States. So this parazone that Dr. Robinson discovered uh, allowed him to harness the power of the stars in this, essentially, this cosmic staff, which is uh, what Starman called his device, but they don't refer to it as that. Um, anyway, he he makes this discovery with with a mass amount of government funding uh, given to him by two mysterious G-men that just appear at the beginning of the series. And despite the cost of time, uh, he has a young wife and a newborn son at home. Um, by 1941, on the date of his son's first birthday, he is able to harness the power of the stars and fly into outer space, later appearing in front of his wife and going, I did it, Joni, I did it. And I guess I should be talking spoilers, but um, it, it, so there'll be spoilers. Anyway, he discovers this, this energy source and instead of just developing a lot of new applications for this energy source, he has this weapon, uh, this staff that glows with this brilliant golden light, and um, he makes a decision. And there is a group of superheroes, uh, very reminiscent of the Justice Society, uh, led by a guy named Wingman, who is, if he ain't Hawkman, I don't know who he is, 
And uh, just as they're deciding whether or not to protect the home front or go battle Adolf and the Hun, the Nazis in World War II, he shows up uh, when there's a tie vote and breaks the tie, uh, basically thrusting himself into this group of adventurers, and they go off to fight World War II. the story is a dual narrative structure, as, as has been put forth in the, in the solicitations. And basically what that means is, is there is the present day where an older Jim Robinson is looking back on his life full of regret, wanting to reconnect with his family, and there are barriers to that. And then... then Everything that takes place, the action, the adventures of Dr. Star, takes place in the past, takes place in his memory. Um, The first issue just begins to set it up with something that would really be a spoiler to to reveal. So I, I think that's where the real crux of the story is, the real crux of the cost of living the superhero's life uh, is is put to the test. The second issue, which just came out last week, um, details some of his post-war adventures. And yes, he's looking back on that through the lens of memory of how he discovers an alien civilization and saves it uh, from this this, uh, cosmological menace, the kind of which you would see in old Captain Comet or Adam Strange stories, you know, the, or Flash Gordon, you know, where it's ray guns and jetpacks and bubble helmets. And, you know, they would slay the dragon from beyond the stars or something like that. And you really get into those action pieces. But but then he come back into the modern day and you understand what it was that that kept him away from his family for so long and how devastating an impact his interstellar adventures had on his wife and on his son. And there's this old Cat Stevens song called Cats in the Cradle for our younger listeners. And, it, you know, it, it goes something like this. Cats in the Cradle with Silver Spoon, Little Boy Blue and the Man on the Moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. Um, you should really listen to the song because it's much better than, than spoken worded by me. But this is a tale of a father who is not there for his son. This is a tale of a a husband who is not there for his wife. This is a tale of a guy who is so consumed by fighting other people's wars, of discovering the undiscovered, undiscoverable, of, of being a superhero with all the glitz and power and sturm and drong that comes with being a superhero, and the most important things just slipped right through his fingers. And there's a poetry to that. There's a darkness. A, you know, this is, you know, people make fun of country western music. You know, if, you know, be, you know, if you're, you know, getting shot and your 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 wife leaving you. You know, but this is the this is the stuff of real melancholy. The the real human elements that take place uh, in this comic are where the really beautiful beats take place. Um, This is planned for four issues, um, and then um, there's going to be another arc of Black Hammer, and I'm looking it up right now. Uh, It is tentatively titled The Age of Doom. It will run five issues. 
And then after that will be something called the Quantum Age, which I think is going to be Lemire's take on the Legion of Superheroes because it's supposed to take place a thousand years in the future and revolve around a group of, of young superheroes and how they defend the world a thousand years in the future. Um, I get off on a tangent here because I, I think this Black Hammer universe that Lemire has created is so unique. We have seen adult-themed comics before. You know, the aforementioned Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns. Um, I remember Bill Willingham's Elementals as one of my first uh, superhero comics written for adults. And some of the language I would not even repeat <laughs> in, in even impolite company. But that had a, a big influence on me. And, and I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting more than I remember right now. But there's so many great adult takes on superheroes. Besides, like the Marvel Max line... Uh, Elseworlds, uh, Morrison's Doom Patrol, uh, so many great comics out there that that touched on adult themes. But this is one that doesn't try to weird you out. This is one that doesn't try to violently deconstruct a mythos. This is one that actually tells quite human stories with the skin of very superhuman people. Uh, I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, you know, there was the scale I did in the in the first episode that I missed in the second, um, and I'm going to go back to it. Should you buy it now? Should you wait for the trade, or should you leave it on the rack? Well, I'm going to definitely say do not leave it on the rack. Um, I wish that all four issues were out right now. <laughs> so I am not waiting for the trade. I am buying it now. However, I can also say this, that when the trade does come out, I plan on getting the trade also uh, because I want to sit down and read all those stories front to back and see if I'm going to feel miserable or what I really think is going to happen is I'm going to be thankful for my mundane life at the end of it and uh, still get to live uh, somewhat, I don't know, I get to live through these characters in, in, in the fiction that's presented to me and just get lost in their world. Well done, Mr. Lemire. Well done, Max Fiumara. Dave Stewart and Nate Picos were, were on this book as well, all of whom are veterans in the comics industry. Um, and thank you, Dark Horse, for um, uh, putting this, this series of books out from Mr. Lemire. And, and I think they're absolutely amazing. So that's it. Buy it now if you can, or when the trade comes out, just snatch that up. You'll be glad you picked up Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. So that's it for now. More comic reviews coming this week, including a recap of the live Schmodown event, which I promised last week, but, you know, real life, as well as my experience at Silicon Valley Comic Con 2018, uh, which I was at just this past weekend, and the good, the bad, and the ugly of that show. So in the meantime, uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me at the show, you can call me. Call me up on the Twitters. I, I still don't know how to talk. I've been doing this in front of a microphone for years. You'd think I'd get it by now. Uh, you can hit me up on the Twitter, at Jimmers with three M's, at Jimmers with five M's on Instagram, at James R. Mason. Yes, that's right, at James R. Mason on Facebook, or look me up strictly, Jim Mason. I'm the guy with all the nerdy stuff and political posts. Yes, I do that. 
Um, if you'd like to contact the show directly, we do have a presence on the socials. We're at Graphic Podcast on Twitter, at GraphicContent.podcast on Instagram, and simply Facebook.com slash Graphic Podcast is the official Facebook site for the show. If you are a creator and would like to get a hold of us to review your work or even maybe come into the high-tech or call into the high-tech graphic content studio, physical presence or virtual presence, either way I can work with you, hit me up on content at gmail.com. So until then, let's see. I'm actually recording this technically on a Wednesday. Yes, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how to live my life properly. Um, get excited. It's new comic book day. Go out, read some comics, enjoy yourselves, fall into these worlds, both fantastical and super heroic and science fiction or deep personal stories, whatever you're into, enjoy it, love it. And I will see you next time on the Graphic Content Podcast.